Hi there. Welcome to Shrink Chat. This is the companion show to our main podcast, Terror Talk. My name is Shannon, and I'm joined every week by my friend, Kathy. On this show, we talk about psychology and media and whatever else comes up. It's a bit looser. So hang out and welcome to Shrink Chat. Hi, everybody. This is Shannon and Kathy with Shrink Chat. Kathy. Here we are again. <sighs> okay. So today, that was me warming up. I don't know. So today on the Shrink on the shrink Chat, we are going to talk some trivia, some trivia answers, some new trivia questions. We're going to talk. I There's one thing I got to tell everybody about that you should be watching. And then actually today we're going to try something a little bit different, which is we're going to do some true crime news and some other news items. I know Kathy has a topic she wanted to bring up and I had a couple of news items in the true crime world that I wanted to bring up. So we're going to introduce a little true crime news into the show and see how that goes. Uh, So Kathy, over to you with the trivia situation. Hashtag make Kathy happy campaign worked. <laughs> nice. So thank you. Yay. Some we got through our Instagram, some through email, mm-hmm. some through private messenger on Facebook. Thanks for giving a shit. Thank you. Okay. Make Kathy happy. However, Uh-oh. I like to go with the first one who hit us. All right. At hip by definition, mm-hmm. Instagram. Thank you so much for answering And not only answering, answering correctly. So the question from last week was, in what year will the next full moon occur during Halloween? And hit by definition, you got it right. Woo! 2020, next year, we will have a full moon on Halloween. Oh, fantastic. So good work. Good work. And thank you for all of you for responding. Um, She was a shout out. Go, Go and follow her. She's awesome. Hit by definition. Yay. All right. So the next week, um, since we have had our zombie episode this week, yes. I thought we would stay with the topic of brains. Perfect. <laughs> Fair. Um, I'll, I'll read this one twice. Okay. What region of the brain processes fear and motivates us to act? What region of the brain processes fear and motivates us to act? Once you've looked that up and hashtag made Kathy happy again, (laughs) you will go to the zombie picture Uh on Instagram. Or if you're more comfortable posting it like some of some other people did through email and things, you can answer that way. Or like I said last last week, write a letter. I don't care. Just answer it. (laughs) Hashtag make Kathy happy. What region of the brain processes fear folks? We'll let you know next week on our vampire episode. Oh, I know. I know. I know. Oh, I'm not allowed to answer. Shut up. Oh, God. She's so mean. So w- please make her happy so she doesn't hit me. Okay. That's awful. <laughs> you have to do more than that to get hit. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> I'm going to work on that then. Yeah. Because now, now I'm challenged. Now it's a challenge. Because <laughs> I'm not going to your Krav Maga class to get hit. That's <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I can Krav Maga I- you right here. <laughs> Okay. (laughs) I want it without the pullback. Um, So there is something that you should all be watching if you're horror fans. Maybe Kathy knows what I'm going to say because I think I posted it on Facebook. But there is a series on Netflix that is called Marianne. 
And you would want to say that with a French accent because it's Marion. Uh, what is it on? Netflix? Yeah, it's on Netflix. And so easily, widely available to most people. I I don't know people that don't have Netflix. So, <laughs> I mean, I, there are people because there's people that prefer Hulu. I get it. But uh, it, it has French subtitles. But please, please don't let that scare you away. It's a... It's a series and it's freaking scary. So watch the first episode and then just sort of get back to me. I don't know. Are you reading about it? In I'm front looking of me? at it. <laughs> yeah, a French okay. horror web television series. So it's so it's a famous horror writer is lured back to her hometown and discovers that the evil spirit who plagues her dreams is now wreaking havoc in the real world. So this is really good. Uh, and you'll like the young lady who plays the main character. Will I? Yes. Why Why will I? Because she's awesome. Okay. Uh, she's just awesome. That's a good reason. I like her. She's French. She's cute. She's strong. She's smart. I already like her. She's a bit of an asshole. Already like her. <laughs> she's great. <laughs> she's awesome. Uh, so, and she's a writer. And I, I'm a writer. I like writers. So you, I don't know. You like yourself. There's no, I do. And I like you. <laughs> I'm not a writer. But I like you anyway. I'm strong and I'm an asshole. There That's, you go. There it is. I'm not See? French. Actually, See? I am a little French. Are you? Yep. Me too. Yeah. Oh, I knew I liked you. We. Oui. Right on. Sweet. We. Oui. <laughs> Mared. Oh. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Creepy French horror series, basically. So there it is. Uh, yeah. Go watch it and make shannon happy it looks good yeah it's good just watch the first episode and then if you don't like it you don't like it but okay i feel strongly that you will you had something you wanted to bring up i think is it a news story where are we going it's a news story and it's a topic that we've talked about um and if you guys don't want to hear about it anymore then you can mute for the next three minutes but i thought this was really <laughs> interesting because i have brought this up on the show twice okay because of things that have been going on in our nation mm. um yes i still get the paper on sundays and i'm proud of that thank you nice yep so in the la times on sunday there was a whole article um and it was called mixed messages on mental illness shift in u.s okay um and it's basically about because of the lack of knowledge that the most individuals have around mental health and the stigmas mm -hmm. and the political agendas that the common opinion now doesn't matter what side of the party you're on. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just going to read a couple pieces from this article. Okay. As such incidents have escalated in recent years, they're talking about gun violence here. Mm -hmm. Gun rights advocates and their political allies have attributed the violence to people with mental illness. They have called for measures to sweep the mentally ill into treatment and bar them from owning guns. Before I move on from that, this is so dangerous because first of all, now um, people who are mentally healthy have a problem with the government stepping in and telling them they're not allowed to have guns. These people who are voting on this are saying that the mentally ill should be involuntarily hospitalized guns taken away and never able to own a gun because their belief from what politics has put out is that mental illness is what's causing all of this. Well, that's interesting because my understanding and having worked with, 
you know, people who have been on holds and multiple holds is Mm -hmm. one of the things that parents often used to ask me when I was placing their child on a psychiatric hold was what kind of long term effects is this going to have for them? Mm -hmm. And so we would have that discussion. And one of the things I usually had to tell them because is that uh, because sometimes I could tell that it was someone who they would express to me in my assessment what their dreams and goals were for the future. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it was to be in the military. Mm, interesting. And I would have to express to them. And if they couldn't safety plan with me, it was often a way to motivate the family and the child to safety plan and child mm-hmm. by 17, 18 years old mm-hmm. um, to safety plan is that if you want to go into the military, we need to keep this from happening. Mm-hmm. But you also need to be a very honest with me about this mm-hmm. um, because the gun registration, the gun, we wouldn't be able to own a gun. No, no, um, that's true. So the article goes on to say most mental health advocates have challenged the charge that people with psychiatric problems are responsible for the dramatic rise in mass violence in the United States. Research by experts at the FBI and elsewhere demonstrates no more than a quarter of those who attempted or carried out mass shootings in recent years could be considered mentally ill. In fact, people with mental disorders, and I have said this already twice, (laughs) are far more likely to be victims of violence than perpetrators. The mixed messages appear to be moving public opinion. More Americans worry that mental illness is a major contributor to violence and more seem to believe that treatment, even if coerced, might enhance public safety, the new study suggests. That belief is not supported by research evidence, the study authors say. The link between violence and mental illness has been scientifically documented to be weak at best for at least three decades. So I'm going to read two more pieces, and then we can have a short discussion on this, and then you guys can turn your volume back up. (laughs) experts acknowledge that in recent years at least those with severe mental illness have accounted for a sizable minority of mass shooting cases that fact that many who commit acts of mass violence are troubled but not ill presents an opportunity for classmates co-workers public safety officers so what they're talking about is and we've talked about this a big difference between characterological disorders, mental disorders, hate, groupthink, depression that is a result of these types of thought are very different than someone with a chronic mental illness. Mm-hmm. And I just want to clarify that people who are mentally ill can be dangerous. I'm not saying they can't be, but it is not that simple and it's not typically a mass shooting. It could be somebody shooting someone in self-defense or someone attacking someone in the middle of a psychotic episode, but not the mass shootings and definitely not responsible for what we've seen in the last year. Are you mic dropping? <laughs> just sick of it. I know you I'm are. just really I got, sick of it. I looked at her. She like sat back from the mic. She's like, mic drop. <laughs> That's my. And, you know, I, I think that people, obviously there are things in the DSM that you are diagnosed with, with many criminals are diagnosed with. However, I think people confuse criminality with mental illness. Yeah. Right. That's really what we're kind of ta- we're we, talking and, about. And yeah. And also it's not that simple. No. Are we looking at how many of these people committing these acts are high on substance or addicted Right. A type of mental illness, but not schizophrenia. Mm -hmm. So it's just 
I'm exhausted by this being the political agenda for gun control. Yeah. That's that all. Mental illness is taking the... And that there's now, I mean, it's it, just, if you're a politician, why don't you talk to people in mental health rather than make these decisions without any evidence? Politicians don't make you experts in mental health. No, ma'am. So it just, it's it's negligent. Yeah. And the media, mm-hmm. you know. But the media we, gets it from somewhere. Uh, yeah. Most of the time. Sure. Yeah. And and in this instance, we're the media. Like, that's what mm-hmm. podcasters are and reporters and radio shows and all of that. And so we're, we're, we're setting out our agenda, right? This is our, our mental health agenda is to say, no, no, yeah. <laughs> wrong. I think what scares me about this, Shannon, is mm-hmm. that this is what stops people from getting help. Yeah. Because once they start to talk to someone, they fear. I had a kid come in last week who told his mom, if I tell Dr. Barrett that I have had self-harm, am I going to get hospitalized? No, just because you've thought about hurting yourself, we're not going to throw you in a hospital. The stigma around this stuff, mm-hmm. it's still there and it's upsetting. Absolutely. I mean, I, I've had a ton of people, a ton of kids in particular, like you're saying, mm-hmm. say that kind of thing. Like they, you know, and that's partly being a kid and having a, mm-hmm. a wrong perception of severity mm-hmm. of things. And mm-hmm. and also partly like the family and what it, what kind of punishment you get for talking about, you know, hard things and all yep. that. It's really tough. Yeah. It's tough. And it's, and it's coming from their friends and the yep. books they read and the shows they watch. And, but I, I mean, I think there are things are changing, but I mean, listen, it's like the FBI only just in the last couple of years has started publishing. Um, like there was a study, I think last year or the year before that was like the pre attack behaviors of yeah. mass killers and stuff like that. Mass shooters. Um, not to be confused with mass killers. So, so it's, that's all. It's, so that's what make Kathy happy. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> change the change the stigma. Mm. Hashtag make Kathy happy. Because <laughs> so, <laughs> it's it's about that making you happy. <laughs> that's all it's about. <laughs> so you know. So I wanted to do some true crime news. So. I was looking at some things that I thought were interesting over the last week, and I I thought we could give it a shot. And then if it becomes something that people are interested in, our true crime fans are interested in, then we'll keep doing it. I was reading about uh, Samuel Little. Oh, yeah. We were talking about him. Yeah. And so is that who you mentioned last last time? Right. Mm -hmm. And so there was, was the article that you were reading, I read an opinion article from The Guardian. And it the the name of the article is How Did One Man Kill Ninety Three People Over? It might have been. I don't remember. The Guardian years. sounds familiar. But it's in it's, it's definitely a hot topic because what's happening is is that he's seventy nine now, mm-hmm. right? And now he's talked about these ninety three killings. We were talking mm-hmm. last week about how there's probably more, mm-hmm. uh, except for maybe because he's gonna die or something. Um, that he's. It's like, how on earth did he get away with it for so long? Mm-hmm. I think is what a lot of people are talking about. Um, and it, this is the topic that we've brought up a few times and I think is unfortunately very prevalent is the answer is depressingly old, which is that idea that nobody's accounting for his victims, right? So, That's right. So, 
And he talks at length. Uh, I mean, most of his victims were black, mm-hmm. as was he, as is he. Sorry, mm-hmm. I don't. He's not dead yet. Uh, they often lived on the fringes. In mm-hmm. the, it was the seventies and eighties, so it was like he talks specifically about a woman sitting on a crack house porch, uh, a hippie looking girl hitchhiking outside of a strip club, mm-hmm. um, a trans woman who called herself Marianne and was still only in her teens at the time. Mm. Um, he would target addicts, uh, sex workers, people living transient lives, people he didn't think they were going to be missed, uh, that accidents would happen. Nameless. Nameless, exactly. And he, it's really uncomfortable because I guess in his description, and in his admissions, you know, there was this ability for him to still remember the buttons down the front of the dress she was mm. wearing type of thing. Mm. Yeah, he has a photographic memory, I think we were talking yeah, about. Yeah, and the intimate details. And that is just, and that she was, you know, this one girl was one of three sisters and that her mother was sick. Like he remembers all of the details of everything. And that was the trophy, right? The memory. I mean, I imagine he had other trophies probably, but, and I just, it is depressingly a pattern of people who are meaningless in our society mm-hmm. being targeted. And I don't know how that changes, but that is what he's talked about. I guess, I think another, not not this particular man's victims, but um you know, gay men in clubs is mm-hmm. often another one. I think, you know, we talked about mm-hmm. Dahmer and um, there's mm-hmm. this other guy, Stephen Port, who's just only a few years back who was targeting gay men. Well, I think when you look at marginalized communities, mm-hmm. people who have, let me take a step back. When we're looking at risk prevention, people who have a support system, when we look at protective factors, people have a support system, people who have someone holding them accountable, whether it's the victim or the perpetrator. But when you have, when you're a part of a community that has become shunned or rejected by the majority and you're looked at as being, um, I don't know, sadistic, unlovable, Mm -hmm. shameful, dirty, sinful, all of this stuff, then if you really want to go at it from like a sociological perspective and you think about population control and functionalism and all of this stuff, you look at like, these are the people who are disposable and we need to get rid of, you know, we need to get rid of people (laughs) to to make our population smaller. A lot of, a lot of functionalists will be like, well, these, these people are necessary in order to keep the the survival of the fittest survival of the fittest. Oh boy. This is at a primal unconscious But I think that we are always going to have a population of people or populations of people that we view as disposable as a way that to justify all of this. Mm -hmm. If we had world peace, we'd be one fucking full planet. Absolutely. And I mean, you can look at back as far as Jack the Ripper, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that was, that was his bread and butter as well was killing women who were, uh, hookers, yep. you know, poverty stricken, abandoned, alcoholics. Uh, and those crimes were gruesome. It's kind of like they're able to, to act out their urge knowing they won't get caught. This compulsion that they have, they're like, well, if I, 
if I kill this instead of that, then I can, I can, I can go for longer because no, there I was, won't be caught. Yeah. Yeah. And he talks about this, um, this guy we're talking about, uh, Samuel Little, he, he talks about how he, uh, he was confident that he wouldn't get, he tells the FBI guy that he was confident that he wouldn't get caught because he thought nobody was accounting for his victims. Right. And they clearly weren't. And they weren't. And he and was think, right. I think he jumped too from like state to state. So it was harder to track his trajectory. Yep. And then he would pick women who just didn't seem to matter. Right. Um, or had run away or been abandoned. And then you think about the amount of victims every year who die or are murdered that just don't matter enough for a case to stay warm. Mm -hmm. You know, I think I've shared with you on here before uh, a colleague and a very good friend of mine whose daughter was, um, they know she was murdered based on the forensic anthropologist report and some of the other investigators, but they, they closed the case and they made it a suicide because they just, there was, there were so many blocks. They're mm -hmm. trying to reopen this case right now and I've been working with him on it. And my heart goes out to him because he doesn't have closure for his daughter who clearly did not commit suicide. When you look at the psychological autopsy, when you look at her physical autopsy, none of it makes sense. And how many people every year either go, you know, they disappear or they're murdered and nobody cares enough. Yeah. The little, the little, the Samuel Little case, he talks about that very thing where um, if you look into the women that he murdered, there were several of them that were written off as uh, overdoses or accidents, even when nothing oh, pointed to that. I bet. Even when, it, because it's easy with that sheer, population. The sheer volume of what's happening in our country of, um, death by overdose and accident and murder and all of that. It's like the sheer volume of it. They're not digging into each and every no. situation. Like we would hope that they would, mm -hmm. that every person would be treated as an individual human. Mm -hmm. And it's really what we were talking about in the episode earlier in the week with zombies. It's like one of the things we're very afraid of is not, be you know of is death and right. of not being recognized in That's death right. it not meaning anything and not being it not having any meaning when we die that's right and that's exactly what these women suffered and they died alone yeah they and died alone which is a huge fear when we think about you know we come into this world alone we die alone sort of thing but this is a whole mm -hmm. other level of alone and their death meant meant something only to samuel little yeah, isn't that crazy and it meant a lot to him but that is not the situation any of us That's want to be That's not the type in. of meaning we want to, yeah. No, that is mm -hmm. not what we're talking about. So I wanted to talk a little bit more about that, which was mm -hmm. cool. And then um, here's another story. So there is, so let's talk about the movie When They See Us. You know, Ava DuVernay, we did, um, we talked about uh, the Central Park Five mm -hmm. case and the Netflix documentary When They See Us, which is directed by Ava DuVernay. And I apologize if I'm, you know, pronouncing her name wrong. So apparently there's a Chicago cop training firm mm -hmm. in the acclaimed TV miniseries about the Central Park Five case. Now, I don't remember them being mentioned, but apparently there is. And they're accusing Netflix and the writer-director, Ava, of defaming their interrogation system. 
Really? Yeah. I mean, I know we had a lot of conversation about interrogation mm-hmm. tactics and ways in which are good and bad and mm-hmm. the levels that people go to. And that there's what they're saying is, is they're claiming in Chicago federal court that when they see us unfairly disparage the read technique, which it teaches in their training programs, which we talked a lot mm-hmm. about in that episode on the Central Park Five. Um, at the heart of the lawsuit, I guess, is a line of dialogue in the last episode where the NYPD detective Michael Sheehan uh, is seen eliciting false confessions from five teenagers wrongly convicted, and he says, uh, you squeeze statements out of them after 42 hours of questioning and coercing without food, bathroom breaks, withholding parental supervision. Mm-hmm. The read technique has been universally rejected. That's truth to you. Mm-hmm. So that's the line, I guess. They, you know, they're saying that that line is false and defam- defamatory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> defamatory. Defamatory, yeah. Thank you. Uh, Saying the coerce, quote unquote, the coercive interrogation tactics depicted in the episode are not synonymous with its method. So they're saying, don't blame the read method. You know, these people distorted it, I guess, is basically the idea. Mm -hmm. Which I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know. Yeah. But they're being sued. And Netflix declined to comment in the in the article that I read, which was the New York Daily News, forty uh, one page lawsuit, asks for wow. a disgorgement. <laughs> these words, a disgorgement of the DuVernay defendants' profits associated when with when they see this. So, the defendants they want the money taken from the DuVernay defendants' profits. Oh, she's a defendant. She want they want Ava's profits. Got it from the show. Okay. Is what I make of that okay. sentence, and you know the lawyers who are listening can tell me I'm dumb, but uh, and they might because <laughs> they're feel, all listening. I have a feeling they will. One in particular, and you know who you are. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, I thought that was interesting because we we delved into that case, and so that's yeah. it, it. It continues. Yep. It lives on. Yep. Uh, so. You've heard about this Fort Worth, Texas officer who killed this black woman yes. in her home. Mm-hmm. So this is the story, the the third and final story I sort of prepped for our conversation today. Um, I was just reading, I think it was yesterday, today, I think this came out today, that uh, the victim is Atatiana. Mm-hmm beautiful name jefferson 28 killed as she played video games in her home if you don't know about this uh there is a white police officer from fort worth texas who is being charged with murder Mm -hmm. for going into her home uh a tatiana uh, yeah i think i'm pronouncing that right on a welfare check Mm -hmm. and shooting her and apparently there's the video because they all have cams now all the cops have cams and things and uh, you know the news is pretty much saying all of the quotes they're getting is there's nobody that watches this video and says he acted appropriately or i think it's so i don't know i feel like it's pretty rare that a police officer actually gets charged with murder but i don't know yeah there's so this is really loaded because i've watched people comment um I've watched white people comment. I've watched mm-hmm. African-American people comment. Um, and even the African-American 
really interesting. This guy, uh, I read one of his comments and he's like, you know, just also look at the amount of times that we are protected by law enforcement and that this is so devastating, but isn't necessarily the, um, uh, this the is norm? the norm. Or, yeah. Yeah. The I norm. don't know. The ex- this is, this is the exception, not the rule. This, these are not my words because I do not want to minimize racial profiling. I, I've, I've known stories of cops who go in and this has happened before with innocent people, innocent animals. Mm-hmm. It does happen and should never happen. But I think this is so loaded because when we hear a story like this, um, it shouldn't be happening. It does happen. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen as much as I think we think it does because we don't talk about the number of times that the serving and protecting does happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also don't want to rob these people who have gone through this, whether it's their family member, friend, loved one, whatever, of how truly devastating and how this is so much bigger than just a mistake. And I want to know what is causing something this drastic because the amount of steps that it takes for someone to get to the house to be doing a welfare check and to go from that to murdering an innocent young woman on her couch mm-hmm. how do we get there right how do we not look at that and think that it how can we not think that's racially motivated i know what I else could be there yeah i i don't exactly agreed i i think so a welfare check is when someone has called and said, can you go over to this house because I'm not getting any answer from my dot, dot, dot. Yeah, and the person who did the welfare check now feels responsible for the murder. He said I'm himself. Sure. Oh, there you go. So, yeah, that's the thing is. So a welfare check is really, and I've, I've, I've called police many, many times in my work to provide a welfare check. It's part of what I used to do on the crisis it's team. All part the time. of the safety. It's part of the safety. So you get a call on a on a crisis line for suicidal or homicidal ideation, and you've got um, or threat or attempt, and you've usually got a family member calling and saying, I can't get a hold of them, or they just called me and said they're going to hurt themselves or whatever, or hurt someone else. Can you, or I haven't heard from them in four days. Can you please provide, um, we, we called them wellness checks, but I know mm-hmm. welfare check is in the common mm-hmm. thing, but it's the same thing for those of you who don't know. Um, and, and I've been with cops on welfare checks. Mm-hmm. So it's really, they literally go up to the door and knock on the door. It's pretty straightforward. It's pretty straightforward. It's not guns drawn, nope. which was what this was, right? From mm-hmm. what I've read, guns drawn, people around the back, like police officers or people around the mm-hmm. back of the house, around the front of the house. Um, the door is ajar mm-hmm. or something. Like, you know, I don't know all the it's details. It's not like a SWAT team coming in. Well, that's kind of what it's described as is Mm. that that's not a welfare check. No, it's not. So the details of this case, I don't know them yet. And this is all just unfolding right Mm -hmm. now. So I have a feeling, you know, this could be an interesting case to Mm -hmm. follow, to find out the, the nuts and bolts of what really happened. The motivation, because it just, it feels like there's so many steps in between this welfare check and the murder how can someone make this drastic of a quote unquote mistake? I don't know. Well, right. And it comes on the heels of like two weeks ago, uh, 
I guess there's someone that was killed in Dallas, uh, and the person was sentenced to 10 years in prison, and it was like a black man eating ice cream in his apartment when she yeah. burst in and shot him or whatever. Right. It's like, oh, are you talking so about these- the, the woman who was like coming off of her duty. Yeah. And yeah, she yeah, thought yeah. that Amber. She, she walked into the mm-hmm. wrong apartment or yeah, ex- something. Yeah. She, yes. Yeah. Yes. And they were trying to say that she was fatigued and she was brutal. Yeah. And so that had just happened. Mm-hmm. In fact, at first I got these two stories a little bit confused when it popped up in my newsfeed. Cause I'm like, Jesus, what and, didn't this just wait, this is another one. And what I hate to, happened? I hate to make these blanket statements, but it's hard to not when you're like, why is it only black people getting shot up in their apartment? It It's like, it's very difficult. How, how do you, it, it, just like when people throw the argument of, Oh, it must've been the psych meds he was on that contributed to the mass shooting. These okay. Then why right? is it only 18 year old white guys? Yeah. You know, it, we don't, you can't possibly have that kind of discrimination over and over and over. That is not a coincidence. So it's not the meds and it's not a mistake. There are other things that we don't like to talk about because they're emotionally charged. And then there's the whole, like, I don't want to have the white guilt and I don't, but we have to be honest. Like what, what else could this have been? We do. We have to have an honest, an honesty about each, each person's individual racism. We, we don't have to over pathologize it. I don't want to make large blanket statements, but when we see this stuff happen over and over, it's really hard to not make that argument that this can't be racially motivated. Right. And the more we make it a part of the shadow and the more we deny it, it and bigger. push it down, it just gets bigger and bigger. And which it is, has. Which, and it has, and it continues to get bigger and bigger. And that's, I mean, we've, we've made that correlation many times and we'll continue to make it because it's simply psychologically true. You push it down, it gets bigger. I heard someone yesterday say, yeah, I don't have that white guilt. Oh and, my my, and my first thought was no one's asking me to be asking no. you to be guilty guy. And Just asking you to be aware. Yeah. No one's at that. Don't be a martyr no. because you've been privileged. No. Just be aware. Just be aware of your privilege. Yeah. Like that's the first piece, right? You can't get to the first piece of how much privilege you don't get. Don't be too good for that. Yeah, don't, yeah. Like, that's the entry into right. into. No one's being, asking you to to go be a slave to make it equal. That's not what we're talking about. Just be aware that it's been a little bit easier for you. Yeah. That's it. Just acknowledge, just own it. So there it is. That was our shrink chat mm. for the day. And I think those were, I don't know, I found those topics really interesting. Yeah, they are. So... You know, a little true crime news gets us into some hot topics, as they say. Mm-hmm. Some potato topics, as we have said in the past. Potato topics. Like, we passed the hot potato. I have no idea if that works. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea if that How what works? Passing potato, a hot potato? No, potato topics. Just I don't that, pass a hot potato. I lob it. <laughs> You're going to throw it at me. Yeah, it's hot. Make Kathy happy. Wants to hold that. I'm going to throw that potato right at your face, missy. Well, that would... Not make me happy. No, that would be unless it was mashed. Make and it Kathy be sad. Yeah. <laughs> make Kathy pissed. <laughs> She's gonna krav maga me. Oh, All right, so it's like therapize. Stop saying it, or I'm no longer gonna conversate with I'm you. Gonna, I'm gonna use every Jesus. single action as a verb. You're krav magaing me. Then I will no longer conversate or therapize you. <laughs> Oh, those just, I, I swear, I need like a swear jar for every time someone uses either one of those words. I'm like, put money in there. Those aren't words. <laughs> Give me money if you're idiocy. Yep. Stop it. 
Well, that makes <laughs> stop it. That makes me want to do it more. I will throw All down. Right. So we're gonna have to go because I'm gonna die. <laughs> All right. So this is Shrink Chat. We very much appreciate you listening, and be sure to tune in next week. We do episodes on Wednesday of Terror Talk and on Friday of Shrink Chat. This is Shrink Chat. My name is Shannon, and I'm Kathy. Sleep safe, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Shrink Chat. If you enjoy what we do here, there are two things you could consider. Subscribing and sharing our episodes on social media and checking out our Patreon page. Don't hesitate to contact us on Twitter, Instagram, or our Facebook page. We upload new episodes of Terror Talk every Wednesday and of Shrink Chat every Friday. Until then, goodbye and have a pleasant tomorrow.